And welcome to the Conspiracy Behind the Truth podcast. Good, Good evening, e- Jack Ruby. Good evening, Agent K. Interrupting me again. I'll do it every time, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> What's going anyway. on this evening? Uh, uh, not much. Not much. Not much. We're, uh, you know, doing what we're doing. Living our dreams. It's a random Tuesday evening. Nothing better to do, so we figured we'd bring you guys a podcast like no podcast before it. Except for all the other ones that covered Bigfoot and Yeti. We're talking about Bigfoot, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> you nonconformists are all alike. <laughs> so, uh, well, we're talking about stories of disappearances and uh, weird circumstances in the uh, forest and mountain areas, I guess, because the fact that Bigfoot exists has not been confirmed by any type of, you know, government and or other uh, entity. So if you believe in Bigfoot, that's one thing. However, just because you believe in Bigfoot doesn't mean it's real. (laughs) Very true. Um, so I mean, wh- why might Bigfoot exist, I guess, is the, uh, it is kind of what we're getting at here. So, you know, it's easy to say when we live in society and like civilization, but there's a good amount of America that's not explored. It's true. I mean, there's a massive amount of forest in the, uh, What's uh, like Idaho and in the, you know, breadbasket, if you will, just forest acres and acres and acres, millions of acres of forest that if you get lost in there, you're either a mountain man, a Bigfoot, or just never going to find your way back to society because you're a camper gone wrong. Right. So, you know, I'm looking at statistics here. It says 95% of America is underexplored. So, I mean, I, I probably would believe that's true that, like, as far as modern society goes, probably only, like, I mean, what would you say, Agent K, like, maybe 20% of all the land in America is, is lived in by modern society, and the other 80% is just kind of wilderness or well plains or, you know. Like, lived in and, like... Habitable are two different things, and then like lived in and used are two different things, so it's a very broad kind of category, I guess. Yeah, like, I mean, if you live in Iowa, right? Like, there's people there, but like each person mm-hmm. owns like 10,000 acres of cornfields, you, you know? It's so it's there's a lot of America that's just like. Yeah, there's there's used like cornfield acres and stuff, but it's not lived in per se. Yeah, yeah. So but I mean there's also just like a lot of forest. And mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong here, like there's satellite images of all that forest that we can see, but it's not it's not like everybody it's not like somebody's experiencing that area every day. Right. I mean, I'm all for just, you know, sometimes when I get like a tax bill, just going my side of the mountain and fucking off and going into the (laughs) deep woods and 
just living the rest of my days in like the fucking bottom of a giant ass redwood and befriending an eagle. <laughs> just calling it a day because taxes what's, are stupid. What's the eagle's name? In the book? N- no. What's your oh. eagle's name <laughs> in your fantasy? <laughs> Falcor. Falcor. <laughs> Beautiful. Just like the never ending story because I'm never going to die. So, are we still doing the the witty banter at the beginning, or are we getting into it? Uh, I mean, I don't have that much wit to keep going, so let's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about the first one that actually brought our attention to the uh, possibility that Bigfoot exists. So, this is a kind of a cool story, and it takes place in... 1959 Russia in the Ural Mountains. Um, and many people have probably heard of this story, but it's still kind of cool to always revisit the story because you may not know like the full details of it. Um, it's called the Dyatlov, and excuse my pronunciation of that, uh, the Dyatlov Pass Incident. And it's a story of nine hikers who were skiers who set off into the Ural Mountains in, you know, extraordinarily cold weather, right? This is like Russia. Uh, They were in like minus 25 to minus 30 degrees Celsius weather. Um, And they all died. And what makes it a compelling story is that they found all the hikers and they found like... They're, they all had like camera rolls and stuff that they found as well. Um, so this was like a well-documented uh, exploration hike that all these hikers slash skiers were doing. Um, and it created sort of a media frenzy at least like years later. I mean, people are still talking about this. Um, and what makes this whole thing so compelling (laughs) is just the way that each of these hikers died. Um, So let's go through it all. Um, So some only had one shoe on. Others only wore socks when they were found dead. Um, Some were wrapped in snips of ripped clothes that seemed to have been cut from those who were already dead. Six of the group members died of hypothermia and three of fatal injuries. There were no indications of other people nearby. I mean, this is the snow, right? So if there was another person coming by, there would surely be some sort of tracks or footprints. Um, The tent had been ripped open from within. So... I don't know what was going on in that tent where they were like camping out at, but they ripped it open from within or something did or somebody did. Um, the victims died six to eight hours after their last meal. So, you know, they did autopsies on all these people and, and they clearly weren't like, they weren't like out of food or just like, Oh shit, we hiked too far and didn't have enough supplies. Like they had enough they were supplies. They were all like pretty experienced hikers too, right? They were Russian too. So it wasn't like, you know, when I say negative 25 to negative 30 Celsius, I mean that was like That's the joy. 
that they knew what they were getting into with that. That wasn't like a surprise to them. <laughs> you know, it would like it would be a surprise to us to be hiking in that. But for them, they they were going on this hike knowing that it was going to be that cold. Um, traces from the camp showed that all the group members left the campsite of their own accord on foot. Um. So I'm assuming what that means is like they all left and they were all able to trace like the footprints to the dead people. But there were no there were no there was no evidence of like being dragged somewhere. You know, they were all walking um, of their own volition. They were able to move from there. They were all alive at that time. um, And there was some radiation found on one of the victim's clothing. What year was this? 1959. So this is pre-Chernobyl. Pre-Chernobyl. Um, and the Russian government suppressed any information about the conditions of their internal organs. And So you don't know if they were like spaghettified or like fucking like pulverized no idea Mm. and then for sure the most true fact of this is that there were no survivors um one of the hikers had their eyeballs missing Ooh. one of the hikers had their eyebrows missing so i my question is, where were they? Where were the bodies found? Was this like in the middle of the wilderness, or was this like in a cave? No, no, it was it was on a a trail. I mean, I don't know how much of a trail it was in 1959, but it was a trail. Um, so it was out in the open, so like critters could have gotten to them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not many critters exist. In that type of weather, but probably I'm. I don't know if polar bears exist. Probably not there, but you know, there's probably like a snow leopard, though, right? C- perhaps, yeah. Um. Oh yeah, and then w- one of the hikers had their tongue missing. Mm. Um, that's real hard to rip out. That's something that takes some fucking effort. That either either takes effort or, you know, is some creature prying open a mouth and eating a tongue. I mean, that's, that's tough. That's tough meat. So, yeah. And, and interestingly enough, there was another hiker. Um, who, who was 21 at the time, um, Yuri Yudin, who became ill on January 28th. And this was like three, four days before they all died. And he left, he bounced and he died on April of 2013 at the age of 75. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a survivor. He was just not there when the shit went down. He was not there when the shit went down. He he bounced. Um, 
he had knee and joint pain, so he just refused to hike. There were 10 hikers total. You know, maybe if he was there, he could have saved them all, but I, I doubt it. Would have gone down with the ship. Um, um, just to circle back, the uh, species of wildlife in that area, in Russia, in the colder regions are polar bears, depending on how far north you are. Um, then you have carnivores like polecats, brown bear, lynx, wolves, foxes, wolverines, and the sable. So it's possible that something could have eaten something out of them. Yeah, 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 it's possible. Um, I guess it depends on exactly where in Russia that is located. I am not a geographer. I have not been to my cartology class ever. Um, And they also found all their diaries and cameras. But none of them decided to document what was happening to them when they decided to rip their tent open from within. So, was this at a high, how high of an altitude is this, I guess, is the question. So, is this a- so yeah, there, there's been some speculation as to whether or not this was like a weird sort of avalanche. But... Mm. They were camping at, like, the base of, like, I don't want to call it a mountain. It probably sounds more like a hill, the way they describe it. <laughs> and <laughs> um, Don't and, call it a comeback, either. And they were saying, like, an avalanche would have been very out of the ordinary for the area they were in. Just based on, like, the slope of, like, the mountain slash hill they were, like, camping by. Okay. So, possibly... Well, the bodies... They found the bodies, they weren't buried, right? They were just on the side of the trail. Yeah, yeah. So, did... uh, So, it would have to be, like, an avalanche and then, like, a heavy windstorm following an avalanche that, like, unburied the bodies and made it look like there was no avalanche. Hmm. Interesting. So, you see why, like, the avalanche theory doesn't really stack up because they, like... They they easily found all these bodies. Like they didn't go missing yeah. or like it wasn't like that's how they know all the stuff about them. Like they they did right. like autopsies on all of these bodies. Like it wasn't like they were buried under a hundred foot of snow or something. Okay, but they were all completely frozen when they were found. Yes, I would hope so. Negative twenty five to negative thirty. If they're if you're not, then something's wrong. Um, you are a demon. And an avalanche doesn't explain a missing tongue. No. Wildlife might, but an avalanche wouldn't. Right. Um, but I guess the other question I have is, is what I asked about the altitude is like, I was wondering if this is some type of like altitude induced madness by one of the group or two of the group or something. And they, they went crazy on each other. Like I'm trying to come up with theories to debunk the Bigfoot before we get to the Bigfoot so that people... You know, when we get there, it's well established that we went through all these things. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, like the the they're very specific with like the way the footprint pattern patterns are that they were all just walking away from the campsite into the woods. Hmm. Not not in a rushed manner. Not in a not in a um unorganized manner like all nine people were walking away from the campsite 
Interesting. Single file? <laughs> uh, it, it, we don't have that data, sadly. Um, okay. It'd be very hard to distinguish footprints if it was single file. So they were um, they were walking away, some not wearing proper shoes, some yeah. some wearing like one shoe. They probably woke up in the middle of the night, right? Not ready for travel. Yeah. So I guess the question is, is something that startled them awake and forced them out of their camp? Like, you know, uh... A horde of KGB decided to come down upon them and just murk them all. <laughs> so there's something called a catabatic wind, which is a a, okay. a wind that's like a a polar phenomenon that in really cold weather you you have like very strong winds coming down a mountainside. Um. So did this wind become so strong? Like, like I, I think these winds can get like very strong, like, you know, 50, 60 miles per hour. Did they, did they get encumbered by that and panic, rip open their campsite and then try and go into the woods to, to shelter from the wind? Which is still a very poor yeah. idea given it's so cold out, but that's, possible um okay it could have come on very suddenly yeah, yeah um there's something called infrasound which i really am not going to go into that much other than it can pr- produce um like a dark noise out in the woods and has to be confused with like the brown noise. Yeah, and it, it's it creates a sound that induces panic attacks in humans, causing them all to scatter. Um, hmm. you know, the, there's other theories out there about testing of radioactive weapons because the the one person's clothing was like. You know, radioactive. radioactive um, military Why just test. the one? That's super weird. Yeah, it's super weird, right? Like, yeah. I mean, maybe like so. To be fair, like you know, maybe the one worked for like you know the the nuclear Chernobyl, nu- Chernobyl <laughs> some sort of nuclear. I mean, it was fifty nine, right? So we right. were we weren't quite in the Cuban Missile Crisis yet, but we were. Russia was working well on, on our way. Yeah, we were close. I mean, maybe one sixties, right? Yeah. So it's just a, a super compelling. Nobody's ever figured out what the hell happened here. And mm. could it be Bigfoot? Uh, I guess. It, I mean, it's. No more weird than some of the other theories that we've proposed, just because there's not really any type of wildlife that will open a human mouth and rip out a tongue. Like, you, that's just not something they do. Right. We, we wouldn't be sitting here talking today about this if these people all just died of hypothermia. Right. <laughs> like, some of them were kind of mangled. 
in strange ways. How is one missing eyebrows? How is one missing eyes? How is one missing a tongue? Like, when you say it like that, it sounds like some type of serial killer just happened upon them with, like, some type of massive artillery to force them into the woods and then just fuck them all one by one. But if it's negative 20 to negative 30 out, I mean, 10 more degrees and you're at the point at which gasoline freezes. I don't I don't see a mountain man or, you know, a hill giant or something coming down and, like, just like, hey, look at this camp in the middle of the night. I'm going to... Go fuck these nine people. <laughs> like, <laughs> not at all. Not nothing human would do that in that kind of weather. Yeah. Uh no. I, I just and the fact that they were like all you know, even so you get you gotta think like if you're if you're sleeping in that kind of temperature, you're not really gonna get undressed that much. Maybe you'd, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't take off socks. You wouldn't take off socks. Maybe you would take off shoes. I I don't even know if you would really take off your shoes. Like I wouldn't take off anything. Only to get like a sleeping bag. Yeah. So it's interesting. You know, could it be Bigfoot? Could it be something else? Could it be a weird series of a Russian SEAL team? <laughs> a Russian SEAL team? Could it have been a series of coincidences? I don't know. I mean, probably the Russians don't call Bigfoot Bigfoot. <laughs> um, there is a tribe of indigenous people in that area called the Mansi. Okay. Uh but they don't even exist anymore and nobody knows i mean it looks like they kind of doll died off by the 80s so maybe there was like 100 left at the time <laughs> perhaps maybe they were the seal team that they needed they just the 100 of them showed up and they kills have item <laughs> So, could it be Bigfoot? Could it be something else? I I think it's compelling evidence to say that some animal could have attacked them. Although there's also... I mean, <laughs> the other thing is, too, if it wasn't an animal, then you start getting away into like all these other weird theories that are even weirder than an animal attack. <laughs> right. Like... An indigenous tribe of, you know, non-civilized folk or... That don't uh, exist anymore. That don't exist yeah, anymore. <laughs> but, that's also weird. Or like a Russian hit squad because apparently one of them was a wanted person. I don't know. Like, I don't know that to be true. Or a fucking Bigfoot that no one's ever... Or a Yeti because it's a snowy temperature. They're Yetis when they're white, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, that theory like the simplest uh, Occam's razor kind of thing like the simplest explanation is probably the you know the right answer but there's no simple explanation here <laughs> also there was no there was no mention of Bigfoot footprints obviously that would have been right. pretty damning <laughs> yeah that would have that would have been like oh yeah this for sure happened because this guy was wearing like fucking tennis shoes or like 
that's the other thing is there's no alternative prints. There's no prints of like the Russian hit team if that were a thing. There's no prints of like a crazed, you know, group of villagers that no longer exists. So it's just their footprints. Right. Is a Yeti or a Bigfoot producing footprints that are even noticeable in like you know, like you, you happen upon this site, right? Just imagine, just imagine like a very snowy day and there's a bunch of footprints and then there's like a very large animal footprint, but is it just so big you don't even notice it? Because it just looks like tussled up snow. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea. Like you would notice like a bear footprint or like wildlife footprints if there's still visible footprints from humans you're going to see footprints from something bigger than humans. Like, I don't know. It's not like they got blown over and you don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I like this story because it's a mystery. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have any further proof that it could be Bigfoot, but I like the story. <laughs> I like the stuff. Let's talk. A- <laughs> Before we go into the other stories, let's talk about, um, we got this guy, Tim Kunbo Baker. Yeah. He's a Bigfoot hunter. I believe he's an American. Yeah. Yeah. He's around like the New Mexico area, right? Yes. And he's, he's classifying, uh, Bigfoot into four different types. Would you like to hear the types? I would love to hear the types. <laughs> These are not the most scientific types. <laughs> uh, type one is a very tall and large Bigfoot found mostly in the Pacific Northwest, which is the least aggressive towards humans. Well, that's nice of them. <laughs> type two is a slightly smaller Bigfoot than type one, but the most common Bigfoot in the U.S. Large and ape-like in appearance. Uh, Slightly more aggressive towards humans. Then we have type three, which... (laughs) Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was like, what's type three? Uh, Type three can be just as large as type one and type two, but far less common. Appearance is different because face has a slight snout. It's got a snoot? It's got a snoot. Even though less common, they have a history of aggression and violence towards humans. So there's a snouty Bigfoot, and if you see that guy coming, he's stay away. That's like a werewolf, man. That's not a Bigfoot. Um, and then finally we have type four, which can be just as large as the other types, which isn't very scientific because we're saying type one is the largest. This is the least common Bigfoot. Appearance is very different because the Bigfoot resembles a wolf man. The head resembles a... <laughs> the head resembles a wolf. The legs resemble wolf legs. The mouth has a canine or fang teeth, but this Bigfoot walks upright on its hind legs. Usually always violent and aggressive towards humans. So if you see a wolf man walking towards you in the woods, you turn right around. So he has decided that the legends of werewolves are actually Bigfoot. Possibly, yes. I wonder if he's incorporated like El Chupacabra 
as part of it. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, that's not scientific at all, but that's uh, that's an interesting. There's four different types of Bigfoot he, in the U.S. He substantiates this information and knowledge uh, with claims from firsthand experiences which are many by his in-person verification with law enforcement, fish and game, and park rangers who are at the scene of many cases. Mm. And, and through witness photographs taken of different kinds of Bigfoot. So that's, this is the part that I have a problem with. Like, I know we're supposed to be like conspiracy theories and cryptids and all that crap, but like, why is there not like a clear, you know how many people have fucking photographed like possibilities now? Like we all have phones with cameras on them. Why is there not a clear damn image of a single Bigfoot anywhere? Not a single one. My iPhone takes like five pictures at once in poor light and stitches them all together to make a high-res photo. (laughs) I can zoom up to like 20 times on my phone with these three different little cameras on the back and it comes out looking like something you'd see in like a magazine. Right. We can't find a photo of the Bigfoots. It's always blurry video and like all these photos. So I don't even know how he's getting so much detail as to say like, this one looks like a wolf. This one has a snoot. Like what? (laughs) It's all on firsthand accounts of things that people have seen. Other than the, uh, the Patterson Gimlin film, which is the, the most famous film of of Bigfoot that was taken in 1967 in Northern California. Which is basically a dude in a ghillie suit. <laughs> yeah. Th- like I'm <laughs> I'm not trying to like disprove it or anything. Like I think it would be cool as shit if we found a new species of primate that still exists today. And I'm fully I'm on board for that. I'm rooting for that. However, however, you got no photos. You have firsthand accounts, which are really not that reliable. Like, there is an effect, and we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast with the uh, Mandela effect about how first-person accounts are very, very, like, they're very hard to trust because when, when adrenaline's pumping and you see things, you remember them differently. Like, oh, yeah, he was, like, nine feet tall. Like, the attacker who like attacked my mom was like nine feet tall. And like, he was like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like just like beefy. And it's like this, you know, five foot little white kid who, you know, had a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I consider my dad a tall dude and he's like six, five and he's got like five to six inches on me. Like he doesn't have that many inches on me, but I, if I was like remembering being attacked by Mm -hmm. someone the size of my dad, I'd be like, Oh, he was huge. Oh my God. And it's like, well, not, not really. I mean, he's, he's taller than average, but he's not like nine feet. No, that's, that's the thing is when adrenaline's pumping and you, you're looking like you're when adrenaline's pumping and your fight or flight kicks in, your eyes are dilated and you are supposed to be able to be able to take in more light and see things better. But then when you try and recall that memory with all that detail later on and the memories already started to subside and stuff, you, you remember things as more extreme than they were. 
And that's why a lot of eyewitness accounts aren't even used in court. Right. So the fact that there's no pictures, only eyewitness accounts that are, eh, like, I'm a park ranger. My daily job consists of driving into the mountains or, you know, sitting in a, in a park, like, cabin. And waiting for uh, an emergency call to go out or just check on things and campsites. And, uh, yeah. All of a sudden, there is, like, a call. So I go out there, I investigate, and I see something that could be a guy in a ghillie suit. But I've never... I Why would there be a guy in a ghillie suit out here? Or, like, I see something that looks off, and so my brain fabricates, like, oh, what if it is this thing? And they're like... I see something out of the corner of my eye where it's just really tall, quick movement. It could have been like a bird flying through, but I put like the shadow as the body. Like, you know, it's well, don't for- all sorts of things. Don't forget too, like the, not only just the personality type of a park ranger, but just the, the, the basic duty itself is you're just sitting alone by yourself. Probably right. most and your days. mind will eventually start playing chick- tricks on you. So, Either tricks or just out of boredom. You're just making yeah, up tall tales. This is the most part, fun I've had at my job for years, so I'm going to go with it. Right. Then you get to get on and the I'm news, not, you know, the local right. news. And I'm not saying that, you know, park rangers are liars. I'm not, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying, I would love to be a park ranger. Sit down, enjoy a cup of coffee, wait for a call, go out. That'd be fun. It sounds like a good time. The thin green line. <laughs> <laughs> Smokey the Bear would smack you right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it's gotta like after years get kind of boring, man. So like, <laughs> there's, there's a YouTube video of this guy taught in the hills of I want to say Virginia or West Virginia, talking about the Bigfoot he saw, and it, it's the funniest thing. He's got like three teeth in his mouth. And he's like. And he had the most beautiful hair. <laughs> <laughs> Just look up, do yourselves a favor, go look up uh, the YouTube video, Bigfoot, uh, Beautiful Hair, and find that video and just enjoy. My gift to you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I don't know, is it Bigfoot, is it not, like, there's... A whole message boards dedicated to this topic of people saying like you know are bigfoot aggressive or like do they ever kill humans and the consensus is that if bigfoot does exist is they are not officially recognized as a species by any type of governing board any government so even if they were to be aggressive and have killed humans it would be written off as a an animal attack or it would be written off as, you know, an unknown or some other type of death because you can't ascribe a, t- a cause of death to a non-existent creature in the eyes of a governing board. Um, so if anyone ever tries to sell you Bigfoot insurance, like in the event you die of a Bigfoot attack, don't take it because the insurance company will win that every day because there's no such thing as Bigfoot in the eyes of the insurance company. Well, here's the other um, Here's the other thing, too, is what a lot of people could be mistaking is 
like, have you ever experienced a bear in the woods or seen like videos of bears in the woods, like breaking into things? Yeah. Like they can stand on their hind legs. They can, they can walk basically as a human walks. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can open car doors. They can get into cars. There was a popular TikTok recently of a bear that literally like broke into a car and they had to like sneak up on the car and like open the door to get him out. Like bears wreck cars. Bears open yeah. doors. They can they can open packages. They can stand on their hind legs and walk around. If you're in a panic and you're running around in the woods and because you see something and it's standing up on its hind legs and then you say it's Bigfoot, it, there's a lot of bears in the woods. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, bears shit in the woods for sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's the thing is like it. It could have been a bear. It could have been any number of things. Right. And, you know, because there's not pictures of most of these things and we're, we're painting it through another human's mind's eye. Um, easily confused with Bigfoot. Bears probably stand six to seven feet tall. Bigger oh, yeah. bears easily. I, it seems it seems plausible to me. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, no, for sure. Uh, that could definitely be another one of the culprits and a couple of the stories that we like heard or read as doing for some research for this, um, basically said that it was both most Bigfoot are, you know, they will avoid confrontation at all costs, but the, uh, when they do get pissed off, there were two different stories we heard where the uh, target who had been killed was missing their head. Like their head was swiped off. Now there are a few critters that I know of that can actually do that. One of them being a bear. Like if a bear comes at you and swipes for your head, you are lucky if it's still attached afterwards, especially if it's like, you know, a what's the, like a Kodiak or something huge like that. <laughs> right. Right here in the Northeast, not to give away our location, but I'll say we live in the Northeast. We have brown bears, right? And those are and like black bears and black bears, but like brown bears are like nothing for size. They're like the size of deer. I've seen I've seen them out in the wild. They're, those are not crazy, but out west there, I mean, it's easy to imagine the Pacific Northwest where those huge, mm-hmm. huge ass Kodiak and you know yeah. grizzly bears exist. Those are those are big fucking bears. Like yeah, grizzlies. Jeez, they are real um, big. Yeah, no. I mean, I've seen a black bear sitting. Literally, I was driving over a railroad track. I came back down it, and there's this this black bear just sitting in the middle of the road, like uh, like in a puppy stance. And I uh, flash my high beams at it, and it raises its two arms up at me like it's waving, and then it stands up and gets on all fours and just powders off. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I would not ever have done that if it was a grizzly or some shit because that thing would probably be as big as my car. <laughs> right. Like like moose, you know? Like Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't fuck with moose. Yeah, I, I saw that Mythbusters. They just they can like literally destroy a car. Like not not like well, the way the deer destroys a car. Like they're taller than the car. So if you 
knock out yeah. their legs, then your car it's will like be a totaled. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a thing that weighs as much as your car impacting the top of your car. Yes. No, it's not pretty. <laughs> no. There's a lot of big real animals out there, I guess, is what we're getting at. <laughs> that, yes, that are yes. just as so, scary as Bigfoot. Not not everything can be ascribed to cryptids. Whether it's the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot, you know, sometimes it's just a regular old bear. <laughs> I, I think the thing that makes Bigfoot cool is it's just an it's a North American ape, right? Right. Where which bears and moose are not apes, but No. It would be cool to know of a different species of primate that actually still exists and walks on two legs and, you know, is somewhat like like a new gorilla species. Like, that would be cool, right? Like, everyone knows the silverback gorillas and, you know, the Harambe's of the world. But to have, like, one that always walks without, like, you know, using their, their front two like knuckles to get around too, just you know just walks on all on twos all the time so that would be cool that would be cool to like have something else that walks the same way we do it's like a missing link kind of thing this this is a stretch here but i mean i've seen the movie tiger king right is it possible that <laughs> is it possible that there's a group of like people who sec- secretly like bored apes and then some of them uh, got away like many years ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, and somehow they I don't, I don't know how secret it is. I'm pretty sure there is a thriving like exotic animal trade amongst some very rich folk in the U.S. <laughs> but it wouldn't have been like, popular. And like that is a thing that yeah. is pretty, pretty true. But it wouldn't have been that popular in like the sixties, but is there like still some like weird folks who like had these as like animals and like there's just some non North American apes living in the wild in North America because of stupid shit rich people do. And then they just yes. like got escaped and you know, that 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 seems equally as plausible. This is why you don't flush your goldfish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the story of the, uh, the nine Russian hikers and their friend who got away and, uh, how we don't know what the hell happened and some thoughts on Bigfoot. I don't, I don't really have much else on that. What about you? No, no, that's, that's about all I got. Cool story. Cool story. Yeah, definitely. Like we like, we like cool stories. So if you have a cool story, Feel free to reach out to us at our email, which is tcbthetruth at gmail.com. Nice. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We uh, hope you have a fantastic week or however long it is until our next one, because <laughs> we don't do this on a schedule. We're just doing this for fun. So take care, stay safe, and always keep your eye out for big foot. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna avoid him on my morning commute tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) all right later agent k good night